We'll do it live! F*** it! El Horrible. How's it going? Good, good. Good to have you. Good to have Thank you. you. You are definitely a well-known figure in the Dabbleverse. Yes. Um, you know, my channel is not all Dabble-related. I do dabble in true crime and other things, but I dabble in the Dabbleverse. Sure. I don't know everything, and I have to have knowledge within the Dabbleverse. And that was Corn Div last time, and now El Horrible. And it's an honor. Well, thank you, sir. Yes, I can't say that I know everything, but I'll, I'll try to fill in any gaps that I can. Hey, is that the band Just Zebra? Mm-hmm. That's the band that John used to have come yes. play at his parties and stuff, right? Yes. That's hilarious. All right, Yes, cool. um, I'm a big Zebra fan. And actually, yeah, I, I followed and, and heard all that as it happened because I go way back with Stern. And yeah, sure. yes, it is. That's they're hilarious. in New Orleans. They're in New or well, they started in New Orleans, um, where I'm from. Um, they were like the first big like rock. I wouldn't call them metal, I'll call them hard rock. Um, they definitely have some metal in them. Do they, they have break any popular songs? Like any yeah, hits? Uh, one of the most popular songs is Who's Behind the Door? But we're talking mid early eighties. I just I remember mean, John having them at his parties. Yeah. How did John know them? Okay. Um yeah, wasn't John signed to Atlantic when he came out with his record? Yes, yeah, yeah. So Zebra so. is as well. <laughs> okay, all um, right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Zebra was on Atlantic. They had three records on Atlantic. They they were in in they started you know all three albums came out in the eighties. Yes. Um, and they was... moved from New Orleans to New York when they got signed. Okay. So, Makes so sense. Zebra's really been in Long Island, New York since yes. that long. I interviewed Randy Jackson, the singer and guitar player for Zebra, and I thought about bringing that up, but honestly, man, I I didn't want to. I, I wasn't sure where it would go. Um, sure. I, I want to ask him. I'm so <laughs> curious because I don't think they played his wedding, but they used to play like his uh his parties. Mm -hmm. But I know they he played they played at least one or two. And he yeah. was very proud of it. You know, he was very oh, yeah. proud to brag that he knew Zebra. Yeah, well, and he's on Zebra's DVD. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a, and you can see it on YouTube. If you look up Zebra. That's yeah. I wanted to ask Randy Jackson, did did John ever pay you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I imagine he, he must have, right? But, but John doesn't pay for anything, according to lore. You have to interview that guy again, man. You interviewed him recently? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I probably last. Oh, month. you dropped the ball. It, no, Get I back didn't. on it. I didn't because Zebra's like my childhood heroes. It, and it was such a big deal to me to have Randy Jack because I grew up listening okay, to Zebra. I get you know? it. I get and it. And I didn't want this interview to just take a turn, you know? Okay. The next one, you definitely have to bring up John. He'll probably laugh. He'll probably think it's fun. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. It could go either way. I I still don't even know that song you mentioned. I That's would have right. to hear it. I, you know, I I you you probably no. heard it on classic rock song. Yeah, it, it, it's, possibly. It's a, it's a distinguishable song. Um, I can I see why you wouldn't. I, I mean, I don't know how old you are. Um, you could be timeless. Sixteen. So, yeah, that's right. I did see that on your YouTube. You're sixteen. So yeah, you would have never. You probably don't even know what MTV is. You know. No. But the only thing I knew about Zebra 
Mm-hmm. Is that they were a band from Long Island? I yep. didn't even know that they were from uh, Louisiana before that. And that right. the only thing I knew about them was that they played John's parties. So that's just hilarious to me. Yeah, and, and Stern was at one of these parties, I believe. Sure. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And, and well, well, since we're on that subject, how in the world did you urinate in Howard Stern's? <laughs> when it was a private his private yes. bathroom. How that well, happened. I uh I uh I got an internship. I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting mm. in Hasbrook Heights. Mm. Same alumni as Artie Lang. Mm-hmm. It's a six-month program. And basically, once your check clears, you graduate. Okay. And how it works is the Connecticut School of Broadcasting gives the radio stations uh slave labor, and in turn, the radio station promotes the school. Like Back in like the eighties and stuff, anyone could go to a radio station and go, Hey, I want to like help out here. I want to be an intern. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it turned into, Oh, well you have to get college credit. Like, why do you have to go to college to be on the radio? Like, that's really stupid. So they had, they would always advertise Connecticut school broadcasting on Howard. My parents at the time, uh, this was like 2006. They were like, you got to figure out what you're doing, dude. Cause I was just kind of like, whatever I was kind of doing PA jobs um in new york city like whenever i could get but uh once i got uh graduated from uh connecticut school of broadcasting i got an internship at k-rock oh, but this okay. was after this was right after howard left so it was actually mm. free fm part of my job was to screen calls and i was very mm. outgoing and i was writing bits and oh. i was writing things for the radio show that i was interning mm. And you sound like what, a young John Melendez. Yes, exactly. I was a young go-getter. <laughs> but the coolest thing to me was they broadcasted out of Howard's old studio. Oh, wow. It's this giant studio, dude. Mm. Um, and they actually took the things off the walls, so there was actually windows there, because when Howard was there, he blacked everything out. There were still remnants of Howard's old studio. Mm. Um and we were the interns and the call screener were stationed in Robin's booth. So wow. that's where I worked every day. And I was that's like, that's crazy, exactly. man. And, and, you know, you saw the, like hallway. the Holy Grail, you know, exactly. And uh, everyone just used Howard's bathroom because it's right there. Uh, and it's nothing I, special. It's no, just a it's, tiny it, little bathroom. It is. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, but by the time he was gone, it was just, you know, it's just a little bathroom. But, but it's still a place where, like, it's history cool. took place, you know? Yeah, exactly. He I mean, there. I would go take a tour of that studio. I mean, I, I was watching that show when it, you know, I, the E-Show is where I kind of started because. Yep. Um, a lot of people did because you didn't get the radio show. Exactly. Probably. But then yep. the radio show started right. getting syndicated where in Memphis, where I, where I went to college and where I've been. Sure. Yeah, that studio, man. That's that's a big deal. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I always wanted to ask there's a big uh, and Howard's board was still there and there Ooh. were things written on it like that you knew really? was from Stern. That's and the awesome. one thing that caught my eye was a big red button that just said two words, look Fred. So I'm assuming this was a button to get Fred's uh attention, but uh yeah, so that was really cool and uh, so I interned there for like over a year and they actually offered me a job and literally at the same time the whole imus thing happened mm-hmm. so i the, was like hired for the house yeah and they okay. were part of, they were part of uh free fm was part of cbs radio same as imus and they just said hey 
we got to pull the plug on all this. Why are we risking our radio licenses on personalities? And that's when they switched over to uh, all music again. Mm. But uh, I had a great experience there. I met a ton of like celebrities. I met Gilbert Gottfried. I met Penn Jillette. I met, you know, just uh, everyone came through that place. And, and, the, and oh, Jackie Marling. Um, right. It was just awesome to be, like you said, just seeing where everything took place on E. Uh, mm -hmm. Wood Yee was still working there at the time. <laughs> he was an extremely nice man. His name was Steve. Um, yeah. And he actually lived kind of near me in North Jersey oh, at wow. the time. And uh, so we would talk about that. And just a really nice guy. I, I heard he's passed away since. Oh, I, is that right? I, yeah, I don't listen to Howard anymore. I kind of stopped yeah, I once, once Eric the Midget died. And, and um, yeah. I think that was pretty much it. I kind of hung in I there agree. for AGT. I tried to go to a live AGT event, mm. but it, they weren't letting people in. Like, they already sold the tickets. Like, they, it was a big, like, kind of scam. And I hated it. But uh, Well, well El Harible, let me ask you, since we're on this stern topic. Yes. Like that's a common sort of discussion. When did he jump the shark? And for me, I think AGT is when he jumped the shark. That's when I knew it was I, I mean, I knew it was done when Artie left and yeah. it didn't seem like they were really looking to replace him. Mm -hmm. And I hung in there literally just for Eric the Midget. Yeah. Yeah. And and once Eric because I knew like Howard always had this thing where he was trying to be cool. I don't mm -hmm. like mainstream media. Mainstream media sucks. I, I did a an impression of Billy Crystal. It's not fun. It's not funny. You sure. know, when, when John asked him some question and I was uh explaining it to Corn Diff and I went back and I wanted to listen to it again. And um, it's just amazing how Stern has become Billy Crystal. Like, he's become, and so mm -hmm. has John in a way. You know, John's whole, I don't dabble. That he's a set, Chrissy said to him inadvertently, I think, what he has said to celebrities that made him famous, but it's the same exact thing. He basically went to celebrities to say, who are you, what makes you famous? Right. You know, and now he's offended. And he was offended by it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the, the hypocrisy is insane. And yes, Howard has turned into Billy Crystal. But I think even more shockingly is that he is turned into personality. Well, not personality wise, but um, appearance wise, mm. Don Imus. Oh, absolutely. Like he, he looks like an old Don Imus, like throw a cowboy hat and a red handkerchief, you know, over his throat. And he would be the spitting image of Don Imus, which I never saw coming. Well, well, I mean, Beth is his deeder. Yeah, deeder. <laughs> Don Imus was awful. I, I mean, because he was syndicated here as well, and I, I was okay. working at, at a screen print shop as an apprentice, so I kind of had to listen to what the main guy listened to, and he would listen to, to Imus and Rush Limbaugh, and sure. um, but I always thought Imus was terrible. I have to say, I mean, I've only heard very limited. Um, I miss stuff. I don't know anything from him back in the day when him and uh, Howard were like at NBC. I don't, I was very loyal to Howard mm -hmm. as a, like a kid. Yeah, um, yeah. And my dad was, he, he was a Howard guy, but then my dad always switched over to, um, how, uh, uh, when I was a kid, I miss was on the sports talk radio station, WFAN mm -hmm. in New York city. Oh Yeah. So it was Imus in the morning, and then the rest of the day was sports. Mm -hmm. So I grew up listening to Stern, and then once Stern was done, we went right over to WFAN. It was like Mike and the Mad Dog, the, you know, these two guys, Mike Francesa. Yeah, yeah. Stern, I, I really felt 
he definitely lost it. It just got with that AGT thing. I think that was a turn. Obviously, the Pelican brief. Yes. You know, that, that was a signaling of change. That sucked <laughs> me back in for a second. I didn't listen to the show, but mm -hmm. I definitely was interested in that. And just, um, it's crazy just to hear that, like, Gary has to answer to, like, this woman. And, and uh, you know, yeah, uh, I'm sure at this point in his life, Gary's just happy to still have you know this career and being uh part of the stern show and you know having a nice paycheck but creatively man these people have to feel stifled like i feel really bad for like sal and richard oh I, oh the worst they're the most talented ones there i'll still go to youtube and i'll listen to old uh stern stuff and He's been threatening that for decades. He's always said, I don't want to deal with Bob Babooey. I don't want to deal with you, Gary. Oh, I want sure. someone else to do this stuff. And that's what he finally did. He finally got someone else to be the bad cop. Yeah, you can look at it that way, I guess. Um, but I just don't understand. Like, he just hired this woman because she was big on that getting things done book right. or something, yeah. right? Like, she wasn't even, like, really a part of that book, right? She just, like... I really mean, believes in it like Howard does. Like the well, same I mean, thing with that like shit about like, oh, there is no back pain. It's all in your head. Like oh, Howard's been pushing no. that shit. Yeah, yeah. There was a time when I was like, man, I can't even imagine not having this show in my life. And now I haven't had it in my life in over 10 years. Okay. Because I think Eric the Midget died in like 2012. I think 2012 was the year I quit. I still go back and listen to those Eric the Midget. Oh, sure. Shows. Oh, dude, I'm on 1995 now. Every now mm -hmm. and then I go all the way back to, like, the Billy West years. I usually pick it mm -hmm. up at 94, and I just finished the entire year of 94. I'm on to 95. Yeah. And, and in between all the live shows that we watch and stuff, if there's nothing going on, I listen to an old Stern, and I go I go in order. I, I, I enjoy yeah. listening to it in order. Um, but, yeah, there's so many great clips out on YouTube. Yeah, I like that question, that that other question, other than when did Stern jump to Shark, is the other one is, what do you like better, the, the Jackie years or the Artie years? Uh, they're so different. There's yeah. so many different things. Um, it's really hard. My it favorite is. person on the Stern show ever was Billy West, and I'm starting uh, to too, realize. Yeah, I'm yeah. starting to realize he influenced me a lot with all yeah. these characters I've been doing and stuff. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it was just so raw back then. Uh, like, I'm now in 95, and they're just starting to talk about the news using the word the N-word. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Howard is saying the word. It was just different back then. Um, mm -hmm. And just the OJ song parodies. Um, I played on my show a great clip where Howard actually got Anthony's OJ song parody. And he started to play it. And they cut out after like the second line. They did not even give it a chance. And it's so interesting because that same song is the whole reason Anthony is who he is. Because <laughs> that was sent to uh, Opie. And yeah, Opie heard that... it and was like, holy shit, I need to get this guy in here. Yeah, I, you know what? That's, that's uh, okay. You it was very blew, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You just blew my mind because I, I, I knew at some point Anthony was on Stern's show, but I didn't know the, the exact detail that you just gave. So that's a, that's a little, that's like a hidden little Easter egg thing that I actually just found listening to 1994. In 
December of 1994 was when Anthony was actually on the show for mm -hmm. the Jackie Martling impersonation contest, which there is an e-show of that. So there is oh, there is video footage of Anthony okay. doing Jackie Martling impressions, mm -hmm. which, again, everyone is doing a Billy West Jackie puppet. Right, 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 right. Yeah, most most of my like I realized my my Billy Crystal impression was was Billy West's impression. It wasn't Billy, Billy West. It was another guy. I oh, don't okay. remember his name. And okay. actually, Billy Crystal, I don't think ever said it's not funny. It's he not didn't. fun. Right. He, he just he just said it's not fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I just when I went back yes. and, and when I listened to it, I was like, wow, I had it wrong. Yep. I'm impersonating an impersonation of, of that. Yes. The Billy Crystal guy who used to call in. I don't remember. I don't know who his name was. I'm sure yeah. they said it. I don't yeah. remember. It was not Craig Gass. I know that. Okay. He's because the then they brought it to another level. It's neither yes. fun nor funny. Yes, but she never said any fun. of that. Right, exactly. <laughs> they exaggerated it. But then it became, I had my best friend growing up. We met um, when we were like 16. In, we were in different high schools, but we both loved Stern. And he said the greatest thing. He was like, I, I love Stern. And because I love Stern, I have to hate Billy Crystal but I don't exactly know why I hate Billy Crystal. <laughs> and I totally yeah. agreed with it, but it was, I always feel like it was because of that impersonator. He overhyped that impress impression so much that you just thought Billy Crystal was this huge dick, but he, you know, he was, you know, he was just like, come on, stop fucking with me. I literally listened to it like yesterday or today. What right. it was, was Billy Crystal was cool with Howard Stern like a couple right. of years earlier when John, he was playing along. And then somewhere along the way, he got kind of a, a big head. It seemed right. like that's that was the way Stern put, pushed the narrative. Sure. And, and and then Billy Crystal became too too Hollywood. And, and right. then he became, you could take that paper, shove it up Howard's ass or whatever right. he said. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the Jackie years a lot. I would probably just to be the devil's advocate because most people are gonna say Artie's years. To, right. I would I would say the Jackie years. I, I but his la every time he just went that he did that hoot. That yeah. Hoot. yeah, yeah. I mean, it just makes me laugh. I remember just my that I my that Jackie's laugh like, mm -hmm. and even you know when when they would, you know, do the news thing and a horrible story comes up and Fred plays Jackie's laugh. Like I remember being a little kid and, and laughing at that and because it made my dad laugh. Yeah. And I, like Jackie's laugh just in the background could make my dad like laugh. And my dad <laughs> wasn't like the biggest laugher in the world. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think most people do say the arty years and it's, it's just different. Uh, and it's also where you were probably, where you jumped on Stern. You know, mm -hmm. I was very early. I was the late 80s. I remember Butt Bongo. My dad had all the yeah. videos. My parents didn't monitor anything I did. I knew the Andrew Dice Clay nursery rhymes like be, more than I knew the regular nursery rhymes, you know? All this that kind of, of crap. One of the best comedy CDs ever. There you go. The Absolutely. Day the Laughter Died. Yep. I was, was listening awesome. to this in like ninth grade, eighth grade. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. And, uh, but going back to the impression thing, I'm like honored now because I've almost become my Kevin Brennan impression has almost become 
the um the Jackie puppet impression. It's good. Everyone doesn't it. do Kevin Brennan. They do me doing Kevin yeah, Brennan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like honored. Like I yeah. love it. I want everyone to keep doing the Kevin Brennan impression. Yeah. Because you're yeah, all yeah. fucking idiots. Oh, you you are the best. That's <laughs> freaking awesome, man. It's I just, love it's it. an honor. There's just a way you do it though, that that like that you just put this affect on it that just idiots. I can't well, I think but... Kevin's from Philly, right? I don't know. I think Probably Kevin's from 20. Philly, so he would always get hoagies and cokes. And I didn't grow up too far from Philly, and uh, I don't know, maybe that's why. But I don't know. I'm learning. I never considered myself an impersonator at all. I wanted to kind of pick up a little bit where I left off on on the comprehensive history of the Dabbleverse that I did with Corn Diff. It kind of gave a high level overview of the dabble verse where it came from the players within it and we kind of left off at dabble con and there's been as you know there's been a lot that's changed since dabble con mm -hmm. so after dabble con john who was the center of all this dabbling energy inspired this dabble con and then he takes his ball and goes home he's like if I'm just going to do this shitty podcast, let's be honest, and other people are going to take it like they like Greg Kinnear and talk soup and use it as transformative content and get more numbers and more money and more super chats than I am, I'm just not going to do it anymore. For myself personally, I felt a bit jawned out after DabbleCon. I felt like, all right, this is a good this is a good closure, you know, maybe John won't come back and like, this is where it should end. And, uh, he hasn't really come back. I mean, he's been on Twitter and stuff like that. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, without John, is there still even a dabble verse? And it, and it was the best move John could have done, uh, possibly, or I, I, it was because there's not a lot, there's nothing to do. That's why we moved on to Chad. Chad has like completely um chat and mlc i mean you know uh, mlc is entertaining but at the same time i mean i don't know i guess we're kind of goofing on them too but yeah yeah i think and that's what's kind of happened it's like i mean you know chad zumach is certainly an interesting character um let's see how do i say this the Dabbleverse chooses you. You don't choose the Dabbleverse. <laughs> Does that make sure. sense? Sure. And the Dabbleverse chose him. And he kind of just walked into it and, and took over and, and made some dabbling type. Well, Chad is definitely a dabbler because he reminds us all that most of his shows are not shows. Yeah. And he's he just started doing this in January, despite the fact that he's had a YouTube channel forever. Yeah. Um, but yes, he's only taking it seriously because he did live stream before January, but he claims just like he was quitting drinking in the new year, yeah. that he just started live streaming in January. So he's a dabbler. Anyone who doesn't want to be called a dabbler, do a good show put out good sure. content and you won't be considered a dabbler. It's that simple. Right. Don't rely on super chats. Don't rely on drama. Right. Actually prepare for an interview. That's it, man. Everyone's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't know if you curse on this show, but go, go ahead.
Kevin Brennan does. Everybody's an idiot. That to me, that's not content, but that is pretty much what he's going on and saying is like, hey, hey, I can fucking go on anytime I want, and all you fucking idiots are gonna send me super chats. He's like, right. that's what I feel, because he just goes on to go on. It's like, today he called an emergency episode, which I get, it's a joke for an emergency episode, but he basically came on to do a show to say, I'm also going to do a show tonight at 11 o'clock. So he did a show for like an hour, got some super chats just to say, hey, I'm going to come back on tonight at 11 o'clock mm. so I could get more of your stupid chats, your stupid chats, you stupid idiots, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel. Like, when that's I do I a show, when I do a show, I do a show because I feel like I have enough content to keep people yeah. entertained. I yeah. never promote super chats and people, people send me super chats. I am so grateful. Mm. Now we have YouTube memberships. I have that. I've gotten like 70 members in the last week. I just started it last week. Like I couldn't be more thankful. The yeah. idea that people want to pay to see my stupid content and my stupid mm. characters and my stupid ideas is just thrilling to me. And, and like people like you who want to interview me, like I, I can't say no to people right now because I just feel so grateful that people are interested in this crap. And that's why, it, yeah, it kind of offends me, even though, like, I'm a new creator. Like, yeah, I've been creating things my whole life, and only now yeah. have people been noticing me. Right, But, right. like, I have a respect for people who work hard. That's why mm -hmm. um, Carl from WATP was the inspiration to get me to do this, because Absolutely. I said, why am I, like, I, it was genius when I heard what Carl was doing. He basically was mm -hmm. taking the Jocktober thing and i was like god damn it i should have thought of that that was brilliant fucking genius mm -hmm. i started listening like in 2020 i guess right around when covid started i just had more time and i listened to everything like me i went all the way back like i was like holy shit i just need i couldn't get enough of it oh, and it yeah, just it inspired me to just create the be dabbler recorded videos mm -hmm. and um and people liked them and then uh i needed views you know, I need those view hours. So uh, live yeah. streaming, live streaming is the best way. And thankfully people came over and mm. I got my hours very quickly. Uh, like when I was talking to my mom today about this interview, I was like, it's very interesting to me that people even want to interview me because I don't know if you think this is going to bring people to your channel, but you'll be oh. lucky if you get like two or five subscribers oh, at the well, most. Like, I, I do don't know. I do it for fun. Okay, well, that's, that's the great. difference. I'm glad. <laughs> if someone is willing to talk to me about the stuff that I created, like I've spent, all right, breaking kayfabe, I've spent almost 40 years of my life trying to prove to whoever that, you know, I, I'm like, I have ideas. I'm funny. I yeah, think I I'm funny. I and I always are. thought I was funny. But, yeah. you know, it, you always have that fear that, like, oh, I'm the funny guy at work or I'm the funny guy here. And then, Cause I've done, I've done, um, open mics since I was like in my mid twenties. Like I was, I was in bands before dabbled, I realized dabbled. I dabbled. Yes. I dabbled in bands before I realized I wanted to be on stage, but I was doing the wrong thing. I was playing music. I should have been doing comedy that whole time. Yeah, I so, think you're right. So now that I'm, you know, at this advanced stage of 16, the mm -hmm. fact that people like you and anyone who appreciates my stuff and actually wants to take time out to actually talk to me about it, I, I can't say no right now. I do like to interview people, though. I, you know, it is something I really enjoy and I like to do, and I feel like I'm good at because I did it in a journalism kind of way through writing. I used to 
interview people and write articles that would go in magazines about people. So sure. through, that, through that interview process of trying to write these articles, I realized I was getting the answers to questions I didn't ask, but I wanted to ask. Sure. So I can kind of lead things to where I want them to go without being like, all right, here's my list of questions. Question right. one. Steering the ship. Right. No, I was going to say you're an excellent interviewer. I'm having a, very, you know, I'm having a great time, you know, and uh, definitely opening up to you. I, I feel like I've even talked about stuff on this that I haven't talked about in other interviews. Um, But yeah, no, you, you're very good at this and I'm enjoying it and you're knowledgeable. And I'm telling you, like the second I saw those zebra albums, mm -hmm. but again, I thought you put those there purposely because <laughs> they were a band that played John's parties. I was like, okay, this guy knows his shit. Well, well know, I do know my shit, but that's not the reason. Yes. No, no, totally. And I think that's what makes the double verse what it is. We all kind of come either one way or the other. We're, we're, we're either we're a Stern fan or an ONA fan. Yes. I, I really think that's one of the kind of prerequisites to really be into it. You know, like people might come to my channel and, and watch these interviews and think they're funny and interesting, but they don't really grasp uh, unless they're an ONA and a Stern fan. To, so you were a Stern fan before an ONA fan, right? Yeah, I never... Um, I never listened to ONA until they were off the air and I went back on on YouTube. I think Just you know curious. I, I, no, I'll tell you what it was. I thought the Mel Gibson when he was yelling at his Russian wife on the phone. Right. You should smile and blow me. Remember that? Sure. Yeah. I, I listened to anyone who cut that up. And okay. I thought Stern and Robin were great with it, but I, that's the first time I think I heard Opie and Anthony and Patrice. Interesting. Okay. That's awesome. And then through that, I was like, man, these guys are funny with this Mel Gibson phone call thing. And then yeah. I just started, you know, going down the rabbit hole of Opie and Anthony, you know, you know, and that's, so yeah, they weren't syndicated here. And when I was and, and like you, I was like, stern all the way i didn't want to listen to anything else it was just stern and yep. liquid metal <laughs> yeah that was it and i just retain a lot of information for some reason when it comes to to this stuff yeah same i remember when cardiff electric came out early on he started doing some john stuff he's just he was just basically saying look you know uncle rico's doing it carl's doing it i'm entering the john the starting John Melendez industry. And he really called it right because the way I see it from afar, like I said, I see it as a marketplace. Right. And, and, and dabbler fans are, are the ones sending these super chats. So these guys better not better watch their ass because when this dabble verse turns on them, they're not going to be getting super chats anymore. Would you agree with me? Oh yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And the other thing is like there there's so many great people who super chat um every day and it's insane to me that you know they have the ability to do that but i mean there are just a handful of ones that are like the big super super chat whales if you will with you know no other way to explain it and yeah i mean if they disappear like a lot of these shows are done like a lot yeah. of these people don't understand like david chandler he's an amazing man an extremely generous man mm -hmm. but if david chandler just for whatever reason decides hey i don't like this show or i just i'm not gonna support the show like you know that's a major hit on a lot of these shows for super chats and and like i'm 
I always say, like, I'm curious to see a MLC show where there are just like no super chats. Like, what does that show look like? Is it just Kevin losing his mind? That's like Bud Light deciding to put um, Dylan, whatever. Mulvaney. On a beer can. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the MLC stock's just going to go. And I mean, I don't know. Like, can you can he grow MLC to new people? Like, I I don't know. Like, when does it? You know, I, stop. He's been doing it for a while. Um, I mean, it's it's. But once again, it's like if we're talking about market share, I wouldn't call a Dabbleverse a huge market share. Chrissy no, Mayer that's what I'm saying. It's not. No, Chrissy Mayer doesn't need the Dabbleverse, right? No. But I'm fair with everyone. Like I, I told Corndiff, I thought Chad Zumog at the Kevin Brennan roast. I mean, obviously he stumbled in a sure. room full of sharks, man. And when they yeah. see blood, they just attack them. Especially yes. the main host, Master General. What was his name? Uh, Aaron Berg. Oh God, he was ruthless. Yeah, he and was he's like, ruthless, man. This is kind of the last class of those, like. I think like offensive comedians. Like I don't follow any real new comedians, uh, you know. But from what I hear, it's it's just not the same as what it used to be. Because like all those comics, they're they're so used to ripping on each other. Yeah. And now you know, and I think maybe Chad. I don't know. Like Chad, I I can't believe Chad's almost fifty and he's at the level he's at with comedy. Like when did he start? Like he could not have started in his twenties. Are you saying he's at the bottom rung? <laughs> I mean, not so much I'm at the bottom. Seriously, I'm just no. A middler, no he's not a, a middler is a great, but like he is at the same. Like I guess the same could be said about Ray Devito. Even though I feel like Ray Devito is probably a, a much better stand-up than Chad, from based okay. on the evidence I've seen. But again, it's like, man, these guys are literally like in their fifties, and mm -hmm. Ray is like driving from cleveland to st louis to go headline for 500 bucks and open mic and it's like why how does that work out how do you i'm gonna tell you how that works out I'm gas alone they sold their soul for it and it didn't work out there's a bunch of musicians out there that didn't make it in the industry sure you were like what happened i'm all of a sudden i'm 50 you know right. and i was gonna be a rock star and i'm not i, I was I was going to be a comedian and I'm not. It's entertainment, you know, not everyone makes it. And when you're 50 and 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 you've wasted all that time trying to make it and you don't have a family, you don't have a career, LinkedIn don't give a shit if you played um Chuckles Comedy Club with with Bob Levy. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. I mean exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how these guys survive. Like now they're bringing in some money with super chats, but I don't know, man. I don't get it. It seems depressing. It kind of is, but then it isn't. You know, it's like everyone made their bed in a way, you know. Um, right. But my impression is, like, I don't know if Ray DeVito has kids. It's all about kids. No, it's all they about don't. Married, they don't. You know? Like, I'm married. I have kids. Like, they don't have any of that. Um, but if I didn't, I would have been at at um fucking DabbleCon yelling skull drinking beer. You know. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, it's a trade off. You know. Right. It's true. It doesn't it doesn't take a lot to live and pay rent. Now I don't I would I tell you what, if you're relying on super chats and YouTube monetization to pay your bills, you need to you need to rethink your, your priorities in your life. Yeah, because it can all go away in literally a second, which a lot of people are starting to learn.
YouTube can do another whatever they did a couple years ago where everyone was up in arms. Like, yeah. the, they did they change their monetization rules, which I don't know. I'm not monetized, so it doesn't matter to me. But I know a lot of YouTubers. I mean, I love it when when YouTube creators say, um, "This is my job," and YouTube's my the company I work for. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> no, it's not. YouTube. You know, it could change tomorrow and say, you know what, we don't need to monetize anybody. Yeah, and you're screwed. Yep. So they don't give a shit. Yeah, they don't they care don't. about anyone. No, for that thirty no. percent, because that's it. In the end, all this fighting, all this drama, YouTube wins. They're the only winners in the end because they're getting thirty percent of all these donations, and all they're doing is provide. Which I get it. They're providing this platform. You know, I wouldn't have the reach I have oh, yeah. right now, which is nothing. And that's the other thing, too. Like, yeah, I understand that we are such a <laughs> small percentage of the smallest percentage of the Absolutely, Internet. Absolutely, man. Like, Absolutely. no one is watching us. You know, no, no one is watching no, us. No, no. But we're still able to make this little community of entertainment. And like you said, there is a there's a marketplace in there, too, where people are making money off of this, which is insane. And that's what I wanted to get to, like where it is now. I think what I'm seeing, at, and I think you're a leader in this charge, is now you have the inmates running the asylum. <laughs> right. No offense. No, I get it. You're but, right. But you have people like Corn Diff, mm -hmm. Cardiff Electric, you, those are the ones I'm going to name off the top of my head, who, who have come, who have gone from fan yep. to a channel with a thousand subscribers, two thousand subscribers, whatever right. you know, and I've said this before, it is hard to get one subscriber. You know, it really is. It is. El Horrible, you you seem to be one of the most successful to come up from the the flames of the Dabbleverse. Yes, um, from the ashes. Been, I, I, I yeah, exactly. I swear you've been on. Uh, I mean, shoot, you've had Carl on your show. You've been on Carl's show. Who are these podcasts? That's a big deal, you know. Very exciting. Who else, what other? Who else have you been on? I know you've been on some other big, big shows. Uh, I was on Chrissy's show. There you uh, go. Once or twice, actually, her Christmas special thing. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, I I don't bother people if they ask me to come on, I'll come no. on. But the Carl one is definitely my top. Like that was that was insane. That was like getting called from like the minor leagues to the big leagues, and I was like, holy shit is great you um you're in the big leagues and you went up and you swung in and i feel like you hit a home run and i think that's what separates you from other thank you sir dabblers i appreciate um, it sir and, and and like i said you, you're funny you're a good impersonator of kevin brennan and um and i think you're realizing that what at 16 that you are actually funny and people do think you're funny sir so i appreciate keep, it keep it up um and before I leave, just tell me I'm an idiot. Nas, you're a fucking idiot. Nas is a fucking idiot. He's a fucking idiot. This whole show, what is this? This is your show? You don't sell tickets. You're a fucking idiot. You want me to just keep going until the time runs out, you fucking idiot? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thank you, Nas. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. It was so good to meet you. We'll be in touch. And uh, I had fun. Dabble on, sir. Dabble always be dabbling.